Jesus said unto his disciples, Now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asked me, Whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. I think all of us have been in a situation where we are either afraid or embarrassed to ask something, when in fact we should ask because we need some clarity or guidance. This happens to me quite often, and sometimes it seems to me that there is an important difference between men and women, at least in our family. I prefer to somehow manage on my own. My wife is usually much freer to ask for help, advice, or guidance. And I admit without any hesitation that her attitude is much more reasonable. Nevertheless, I tend to behave the same way again next time. (laughs) Most men seem to have a particularly difficult relationship with user manuals. We are ready to even break some new and expensive device first because we are not able to humble ourselves to admit that we cannot get it to work without consulting the user manual. Is it right? All men, raise your hands. Okay. It seems to me that Jesus' disciples were in a similar situation at the Last Supper. They probably sensed that something extraordinary and important was going on. Maybe they understood that something terrible, or at least incomprehensible, would happen soon, but they did not dare to ask Jesus anything. They were just listening, probably trying to comprehend what he was saying to them. Maybe they were putting on a smart face, but in reality, they were in a huge inner confusion, uncertainty, and even anxiety. You probably remember how when Jesus foretold that one of them would betray him, they all began to ask, is it I? thus admitting that they were all capable of betraying Jesus. Fortunately, Jesus did not hesitate. He saw and knew what was happening in the souls of his disciples and told them himself, without asking, everything they needed to hear. Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. 
And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. There are three important statements statements here. Firstly, Jesus goes away to his Father. Secondly, he sends his disciples the Comforter, the Holy Ghost. And third, the Holy Ghost brings clarity to them and to the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. If the first two, Jesus going to the Father and sending the Holy Ghost, are easy to understand, how should we interpret Jesus' third statement about sin, righteousness, and judgment? Jesus says, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and ye see me no more, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. These words of Jesus are actually very easy to understand if we know just the meaning of the word comforter in Greek. In Greek it is paraklitos. Paraklitos, paraclete, is one who pleads another's cause before a judge, a pleader, counsel for defense, legal assistant, an advocate. We know that a few hours later, Jesus had to stand trial, having been thrown under the power first of the Jewish Sanhedrin and then of the Roman governor Pontius Pilate. Jesus was on trial, accused of blasphemy and sedition, and of course, he was sentenced to death. There is not the slightest doubt that he was condemned to death unjustly, but that was the way it was, and no one thought of stopping this madness. He was executed between two criminals, and all who were around him, with a few exceptions, mocked and blasphemed him, confident that such a fate was well-deserved. Jesus foretold a different judgment to his disciples, a judgment which would expose the first one as unrighteous. We could compare it to the Supreme Court, where the Holy Ghost, in the name of Jesus and his disciples, appears before the supreme judge that is God the Father and proves with complete clarity that the real offender is not the one unjustly brought before the court, but rather his accusers. According to Jesus, the sin of those who are condemned before God is that they have not believed in him. Why is this a sin? 
Because sin means living contrary to one's true nature. We are made in God's image and his likeness. We are made to live with God. And anyone who rejects Jesus, thereby rejects God, the source of his life and being. Jesus is the incarnate word of God, who has made the true nature of God visible and accessible to us. The nature of God, as St. John says, is love. Therefore, it is also our true calling, and to renounce it is the sin of sins. In Jesus, God puts himself completely under the power of men. And what do men do? They kill him. They crucify God and his love. Every sin against love we commit is a repetition of this greatest crime of humanity. Every time we allow evil within us to win over good and hate over love, we crucify our God again and again. And then the Holy Ghost, that divine advocate, will expose us before the judgment seat of the Father, and we will be condemned along with the wicked and ungodly world, world and its prince. The good news is that Jesus does not send the Holy Ghost to prove our guilt before the judgment of God, but to cleanse, sanctify, and lead us. If only we are ready to entrust ourselves to him and let him do it. The Holy Ghost is primarily the comforter who encourages us, especially when in the midst of this fallen world, it may seem that God has abandoned us and we no longer have any hope. People sometimes ask, what is the point of trying to live in this world justly, honestly, unselfishly, doing good and serving one's neighbor, if the reward is often abuse of trust and goodwill, fraud, injustice, sometimes even hate and contempt. The answer is that it makes sense because it's right. It makes sense if we want to preserve our human dignity, if we want to preserve the image of God in ourselves. But it makes even more sense because we know that by living in faith, hope, and charity, we follow the example of Jesus himself. We follow the example of him who overcome the world, not by violence, but by sacrificing himself to the end. 
not with fear of punishment, but with love. Jesus says, speaking of the Holy Ghost, He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. This is how he glorifies Jesus through us who have believed in him and received him, thereby becoming God's beloved children. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.